0: Welcome WKXL radio land. Welcome to the Sports Machine with Slim. I am Slim. I do not say my name on here very often, but today I will. My name is Jim McIntyre. I'm Slim on the show. And I only mention that because I saw this morning Reba McIntyre will be singing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. And on uh, Friday there will be a, a WKXL spotlight episode that I host with McIntyre Ski Area. So there's lots of, of McIntyre stuff going on out there, and I just felt that uh, made sense for me to say my name. Welcome to the show, 10 to 11, every weekday, the Sports Machine with Slim, where we cover the Celtics in great detail, the Bruins in some seriously good detail, lots of NFL action with picks, and, uh, you know, you should take them sometimes, and you should leave them sometimes, too. Today, we are going to spend a large majority of our show discussing UFC. And to do this, I'm going to have a couple of our top-notch callers. One of those callers is on the line right now, McBFQ, my cousin Bob from Quincy. Welcome to the show, and thanks for bringing some expertise and knowledge to the uh, UFC discussion.
1: Absolutely. I've been a fan of this sport since 1993, and I was a fan of the sport before it was invented, when Bloodsport had the kumite. And there was these underground fights, and now it's just something that's on ESPN. It's amazing.
0: How I got intro to this, and I'm not a huge UFC guy, but I do remember back in the day, there was the one fight, Hoist Gracie fought this, I think Dan Severn was the name, and for people that don't know, this Dan Severn guy was a huge monster wrestler, and Hoist Gracie was like this mid-size, I don't know what he he knew, Bob, if it was jujitsu jitsu or whatever, but this, this wrestler guy had the little dude, and he was crushing him for literally like 15 <laughs> minutes, and somehow, this little guy got out and ended up kicking his tail. Do you remember that fight? Yeah, of course
1: I do. And the thing is that uh, there's, you know, some like what's legend and what's fact, but basically it was Brazilian jiu-jitsu and specifically Gracie jiu-jitsu. The Gracie family wanted to prove that they were the superior style. And when they they started mixed martial arts, and it was just called ultimate fighting at the time, um, they... Just, they threw in a, a guy against Hoyt Gracie, and he, his, he was a boxer named Art Jimerson, and he had one boxing glove on, and the <laughs> one free <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, the jujitsu just took him out so easily. Like, it, it started out very primitive, but... Uh, was Gracie it pay-per-view? Family,
0: was it pay-per-view for that event, Bob? It was absolutely pay-per-view, and um, I watched it
1: on uh, my friend Potbox. <laughs> He had one of those black boxes, and uh, so did my father until the uh, cable company threw a bullet into it for one of the uh, De La Hoya fights. But nice. that first, I, I've been a fan of UFC since one.
0: So what happened I, with Gracie? Was that was that UFC one? Or that This was before so UFC he, one. Yeah, he Yeah, Severn came along a little after that, but uh, Gracie
1: and I believe Shamrock, Ken Shamrock, were both involved in one. And... Um, the, champ, the um, Gracie family said, we want to prove our style is the best. And this whole thing was about what's the best. Is it Kung Fu? Is it Tai Chi? Is it that? So they had a master of each of the eight different disciplines. And they picked the smallest guy in the family just to prove how superior their art was.
0: Wow. That, and that was the Hoist Gracie guy? He was
1: the smallest? He was the smallest, and again, it was, like, supposed to be this other brother. And it's one of those families, you know, where they had, like, 15 brothers and sisters. They were all involved in it, the family business. And, you know, there's still, you know, Gracie, Jiu-Jitsu academies all over the world now. But, um, yeah, there's, you know, some speculation as to why they chose um, Hoist as the guy. It was supposed to be this other brother. And I don't know if this is fact or legend, but they picked him because he was the smallest guy. So they said, okay, we'll throw him in against a 400-pounder, and the technique will win out.
0: Pretty cool. Hey, this is good radio, Bob. Thank you for bringing this knowledge. Now I'm going to fast forward all the way through this coming Saturday there's a big UFC event, what is it, 296, and there's a guy... 297. Uh, 297, okay, it was 296 when this dude, his name's Sean Strickland, this was the guy who, apparently he's a champion right now, but I think in the last UFC event, he was sti- sitting like two rows in front of his opponent here on oh, Saturday. Oh, yes, yes, exactly. Drickis du- tell us the story, what happened there at UFC 296, okay. the last big event.
1: Okay, uh, yeah, so... The way I'm going to start this off is and new, because I believe we are going to be welcoming two new champions, and the first name that we have to learn is Dvika Duplessis. It's a very, very (laughs) French-sounding pronounce. You look at his name, you think he's Dvika Duplessis. No, it's Dvika Duplessis. Okay, and um, I
0: feel cultured now. Go ahead. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. So Sean Strickland. Um, I was rooting for Colby Covington in the last fight. Colby Covington is a jerk, but he does it with a smirk. He does it with a smile. He brings out Trump and Kid Rock, and he's sort of trolling the audience in a fun way. This guy, Sean Strickland, he, he, he's just a jerk because he can't help being a jerk. And he said some things at a press conference. I don't know how much of that you want to get into. But um, he just really comes off ineloquent, and you want to root against this Sean Strickland guy. Well, And I, I, I believe that you can in Driquez Duplessis, because um, I believe Plessis can knock out Mr. Sean Strickland.
0: Is that your prediction, that that's what's going to happen? Yeah, That is my prediction, but
1: it is not my strongest of the two predictions among the main event and the co-main, which are both uh, title fights. So, Sean Strickland is your current middleweight champion. Middleweight is 185 pounds. So, I don't know how much your listeners um, have followed boxing and UFC, but when they fight at 185, that means that guy walks around at about 215, 220 pounds. And these fighters drain their body of, uh, you know, and, and, you know, if any of them wrestled in high school, they'll remember this.
0: You You drain
1: your body of the liquid to get down to as light of a weight as possible to fight. So, Sean Strickland, when you say he's a 185 pound middleweight, you know, he's probably got the power of a 240 pound man because, you know, not only is he walking around at 215, but he's a professional. So. Is that accurate, Bob?
0: Is that accurate that you think he really weighs like 215 on his normal day? I I don't know
1: exactly, but I know it's not unheard of. Um, You know, Tyson would sometimes walk around 40, 50 pounds more than he was going to fight at. That's how intense. The training camp and the draining of water from your body. What?
0: Yeah, and then they you know, go after they do the weigh in at 185, and then he goes and eats and everything like that. He might show up for the fight actually like 190, 192, something like that.
1: Oh no, no, no! You're absolutely going to put on, you know, 11 pounds just in water and replenishment between oh, wow. the time you weigh in, and they they actually cut it down. They um they used to weigh in on Thursdays, and now they weigh in the day before on Friday. To limit some of this because um, you had situations where people were passing out as they were weighing in and it was such a bad look that they said we need to reduce this.
0: Well speaking of bad looks, I will tell you last night um, <laughs> I did, I go on Twitter I spend a lot of time on Twitter, I'm one of those people with not a lot of friends so I, I spend my time <laughs> on Twitter making comments that nobody responds to. Well I did see in my passing here uh, an a interview where the Sean Strickland guy uh, was asked a question, and, and it, it involved, and I don't want to go into great detail, but with the, the um, LGBT movement, and, and he, boy, he rifled off some insults. Sean Strickland responded to the question. It was hardcore in one direction. And he was like, you're all that's wrong with this world. And he was dropping F-bombs and stuff. And I was just like, wow, you won't hear that from athletes in, like, any other sport. So with UFC, you have the ability to kind of just be whoever you want to be. Dana White, who runs the organization, he's okay with that stuff, huh? So... Um,
1: Dana White is absolutely okay with it because um, controversy creates cash, and you know you need a guy to root for and a guy to root against, or even a woman to root. You know, mm-hmm. I loved Misha Tate. I loved rooting against Ronda Rousey. I, I her, just her personality got to me, but Rousey put butts in seats, and they're going to be begging her to fight at UFC 300 but this weekend is in Toronto and Sean Strickland has taken the tack of going after Canada and saying Canada (laughs) is you know so liberal and this and specifically when it comes to the T in LGBTQ he really went after it and in a disgusting manner and he really wants me to see a punch and the brain down. He face. also he also went
0: after Justin
1: Trudeau and why they were yes, so weak. Yes, to, exactly, to elect him. yeah. He that, took that anti-Canada angle, yeah. like very uh, WWE vibe.
0: As we transition into commercial break, we're going to come back with more UFC discussion with McBfQ here on the Sports Machine with Slim WKXL Radio fourteen fifty AM one hundred three point nine FM in Concord one hundred one point nine FM in Manchester and htalkradio.com I know what I was doing during the commercial break I was wondering how often do UFC fighters fight I looked at my phone here as we returned from commercial break to the sports machine with Slim on WKXL Radio. I went through my contacts on my phone. I know I had entered a um, UFC fighter's name about a month or two ago, and I looked to see if maybe she was fighting this weekend. Ariane Lipsky, I'm not sure if you know who she is, McBFQ, but a smallish woman who just was an absolute terror when I saw her. I said, ooh, I want to I bet her, or I wanna at least want to watch her next fight. She doesn't seem to be fighting this weekend, but other people are, Bob. You said you have, there's two f- title fights going on this weekend. We heard your first prediction, hoping Sean Strickland goes down. What's the other title fight?
1: Okay, just very quickly before that, I just wanted to hit upon a lot of the listeners they might not buy the pay-per-view but they might watch the free prelim yeah. which uh, are on ESPN and ESPN News. That's where so I saw this lady.
0: Th- Just so you know, that's where I saw that Ariane Lipsky. It was on the oh, free yes. preview last time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so the um, yeah, so exactly. So the featured prelim um, involves somebody named Brad Katona. And if any of the listeners watch the Ultimate Fighter with Conor McGregor, Brad Katona was a quirky personality. This is, you know, the sort of reality show where they live in a house and stuff like that, so you get to know the fighters. It was a show I always enjoyed. They, it went away for a while, and then they brought it back because they landed Conor McGregor. Brad Catone is somebody to root for. Great fighter, and I believe he's going to win that featured prelim. Now, the co-main event involves the champion, uh, Rocky Raquel Pennington. And... Um, the word you can use for her is scrappy. Um, she's 35 years old, and she fights at bantamweight, which is 135 pounds, which is very heavy for the um, the women's division. That's the highest weight that the UFC offers—that 135. And oh. she is fighting Myra um, Bueno Silva. And again, and new—I think we're going to be welcoming a new champion, Pennington. Um, she has a 15 and nine record so she was sort of winning a fight losing a fight now she um in her mid 30s i i don't know you know <laughs> You get tougher she, yeah she's her, you know the uh, all that experience has caught up and she rode a wave took it right to the title but i believe that she is going to be on the downswing and we're going to be welcoming a new champion named Myra Bueno Silva who um this is the one point I wanted to make was um, we love football and our team sport. And even we, you know,
2: yeah, some yeah, of your listeners
1: yeah. might like tennis. They might be watching the Australian open. And even in the individual sports, you don't see people say the things that they do in UFC. Mm-hmm. Myra Bueno Silva, you can um, look at her interview on, um, on YouTube. And she said, I am better at everything. <laughs> I like the, sound the, the champion. You don't find LeBron James saying, I'm better at everything than Kevin Durant. Like the swagger that they have is fantastic. You know, if you get involved in this world, it's like being at a hot crap table. Like it just, you know, you get sucked <laughs> into the energy and uh if you ever get to go see it live in like Manchester, they run fights and They run it in sort of a, you know, it's a smaller regional promotion, and that's a fantastic take. And that's actually owned by Calvin Cater, who is a top, um, one of the top guys in UFC now. He's out of Methuen.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't know any of that. Yeah, I'm going to have to look into that. Maybe we get them advertising on the WKXL.
1: K-A-T-T-A-R. And, um, yeah, yeah, Combat Zone MMA. And they run shows out of the uh, hotel there in Manchester.
0: This is interesting. You said about uh, 135 pounds. That's the highest weight class that UFC has for women. How come they don't have like, like you know, behemoths or, you know, larger women is like well, 170 pounds What happened pounds
1: was um, there was this woman, and actually her name was Cyborg, Chris Cyborg, and um, they did like a fight at 145 because she had a hard time getting down to the 135, but she was such a big name that they wanted to feature her. So they, I believe they offered a fight at 145, but they didn't find that they had the talent to build a division around, to expand to 145.
0: Maybe they wouldn't have the stamina with the extra weight or something like yeah,
1: that. Yeah, and uh, there's um, there's another Harrison in the um, uh, World Series of Fighting, that, um, the one that's uh, on ESPN, and I, I don't follow them as much, but... Um, you follow a, it more than most people.
0: Woman. I'll tell you right now, McPfQ. You you seem to be pretty into this stuff. How often do UFC fighters? So the people okay. that are fighting this weekend it's it's UFC 297. The big one is going to be UFC 300. When? What's the date of that? Is that going to be in like June or something? Do uh you know? yeah,
1: I, uh, July I believe. All right, is it's later uh, okay, this year. so if we're in February, no, yeah, it might be a June. I I. I know there's a... It's all right. We can move
0: on to the next day. Yeah, yeah, May.
1: I believe it's in May because they do... Yeah, they do one a month and they do them sequentially. uh, But as far as how often you're fighting, um, there was just recently somebody who was the first person ever to win five fights in a year. Um, Oh. Guys on their way up will sometimes... And these are the ones who are hungry, who want a paycheck. They might fight as often as four and five times. Um, Your top, top guys... You're lucky if you ever see them three times in the same calendar year, but more likely um, you're looking at like three times every 18 months. So they, um, the
0: winner of this fight this weekend is Sean Strickland versus this uh, Davicus Dupree, <laughs> whatever his name is. <laughs> is. Is the winner of this fight hopefully going to fight in UFC 300, do you think? No, no. no they they, won't they wouldn't back. even fight that soon. And Interesting. UFC because they're 300. still healing? They're still healing, Bob? Is that the main reason why? I mean, these guys get beat up real bad, so I would assume they need three or four months out Yeah, least. it's
1: a combination. It, it all comes down to the money. You know, when you're on your way up and... You know, like, they used to offer people, like, $6,000 to show up and $6,000 to win. Like, you desperately need that money when you're at that level, so you'll fight and you're, you know, you'll take any offer that they have. And then you have a guy like Francis Ngannou who said, I'm not going to fight again unless you pay me real money. And now he actually went into boxing to go make that real money.
0: What are these guys going to make this weekend? Like, what's Sean Strickland getting paid for this Saturday's fight? I don't know, but um, over a million.
1: The UFC is very crafty with what they release to the public and then what they pay people as bonuses that are off the you know that are not made public. Oh. So they'll say, oh, he's getting 300,000 and then he's getting this bonus. But he might also get another bonus that we're not aware of based on how many people buy the pay-per-view and they don't release that information. So like Conor McGregor made millions and millions and millions, and then he invested it in a liquor company, and he made even more hundreds of millions of dollars. They do get paid, but people think they get paid less than they do because like Bill Belichick, not everything is publicly known (laughs) like it usually is with these athletes.
0: Yeah, What's going to happen with Belichick? We don't know. Do you have a prediction as to where he's going to land?
1: Um, it changes week by week, day like by day. I'm like, oh, I wanted him to go to Dallas, and that you know yeah. that they're they they're, they're hanging on to McCarthy for another year. That's not going to happen. What a disgrace!
0: Um, My brother actually talking to him the other day. Bobby says that if Philadelphia, um, sorry, Philadelphia got their tails kicked here by Tampa Bay, and um, with Green Bay. Green Bay went in and beat up on Dallas. He, my brother says, well, if Green Bay goes to San Fran and gets absolutely crushed against San Fran, then Jerry Jones the next day is going to come out and fire McCarthy because it's like, wait a second, this team just came in and crushed us, and then they went on the road and they got stomped by San Fran. We're, we're going nowhere. How can he decide that he wants to keep Mike McCarthy? I don't understand what Jerry Jones is thinking.
1: No, the, I, one of the most interesting points I heard on was from this radio host named Slim, And he brought up this thing that I never would have thought of, that perhaps Bill Belichick might want to coach in a weak division to rack up some wins with a team like Atlanta, where I'd be like, maybe he doesn't want to go to Atlanta, but maybe that does factor in, because I know that he desperately wants the most wins. And I think that you overrate um, that most losses thing, because Belichick coached in the 16-game era, and those other coaches didn't. So it's not a fair statistic.
0: You're a big asterisk guy, you, type that of guy, are you? That was
1: your shots at the, uh, the cranky old guy. Well, that's
0: it. I got statistics. I want to make them work in my favor. I use what I got. <laughs> he now has the record for the most losses all time by an NFL head coach. That's that's a fact.
1: As far as um, that poor decision that Dallas is making, mm. that's when mm. your owner is your GM. That's why that's a bad That idea.
0: And the Patriots seem like they they might be heading in that direction. Bob Kraft is like, he's not making any quick moves to hire a GM. Is Jonathan Kraft going to be a good choice as the general manager? Yeah, The the owner's son. Don't even,
1: don't (laughs) even put that idea in my head. He's been learning from the master. I like Jonathan Kraft and I think he's a fantastic (laughs) business person and as far as the guy who's, you know, more so making the final say than even Bob, I'm fine with that. But no, I want a football guy as the general manager.
2: And I
0: think
1: Gerard Mayo graph a fantastic
0: team. Exactly. Get somebody in here who's going to work well with Mayo, kind of like how McBFQ works with me, your host Slim. Thank you for that insight in the UFC. Guess what, people? Stay tuned because when we come back from this break, we're going to have a new caller who's going to shed some more light on the UFC. This is WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, 101.9 FM Manchester, nhtalkradio.com UFC, all heck is breaking loose today. some more UFC talk. Welcome back to the Sports Machine with Slim. I'm all fired up. I'm learning things. This is WKXL Radio and I know this is not what people have been used to hearing on this radio station through the last handful of years. We got different interests and I know there's a lot of people out there that love this UFC stuff. I'm not the hugest fan of it, but Uh, The more I learn about it, I can see why you'd be really interested in rooting for a certain individual or group of individuals. With the Celtics, I automatically like them because they wear the green jerseys. Like, they're my team, the Shamrocks. I love the Boston Celtics. It doesn't matter what player is on there. It kind of doesn't matter who they are. With UFC you're learning about who the people actually are in their personalities. And so I can see why that would make you, if you like the person, you want to root for them to win, and you don't want them to get beat up. But on the other side, you more importantly want to root against the people that you don't like. Speaking of which, I'd like to welcome another expert caller of the show here, the Sports Machine with Slim. This is the pistol who loves to come in making an entrance.
2: Get off my lawn, Slim. I'm ready to top UFC in Toronto, Canada. I can't wait. I'm so I'm so excited about this event because one of the things is I have a parlay that is so likely to win. It's like registering for free money.
0: Here we go. And
2: Slim, this is something where I think you can bet this and it doesn't count against your betting ban. I like it's what just I'm hearing. registering for for free money.
0: What I, so, what people do not know is I have given up sports gambling for the year 2024 but I like what you're talking about here Pistol. This is this is such a guarantee. It's actually not gambling. Go ahead. I'm listening. That,
2: exactly, exactly. This this is a 99.9% <laughs> chance of a very rare parlay that you can jump into for UFC 297. So, but <laughs> uh, entering entering the the night one of the one of the of the fights of, of the, in the main card in the middle is Malat versus Magni.
0: Now, who is, Mag- it, who is it again? Say it slowly so I can. These, these names are hard to pronounce. Some of these names. Go ahead. Who is it? Uh, Malat. Malat versus Magni Right. So Malat is a Canadian
2: fighting in Toronto, Canada. And the last couple times that he's done that, he has destroyed his opponent. He's looked amazing. He's a minus 355 favorite. So he's hugely favored in this matchup. And Magny is basically a gatekeeper. If you beat up Magny, you head into the top (laughs) 10. If you don't beat up Magny, you stay in the bottom, you know, below 10. So uh, everyone expects him a lot, I think, to destroy this guy. He's an easy pick. Right, so we jump in super easy. Let's just roll through roll through Magny.
0: What would be and, the uh, odds pistol if I were going to step into the ring with Magny tonight? <laughs> what would be the odds on Magny as the favorite? Oh boy, Magny I think you'd go in at, at least
2: at minus five thousand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I would say that'd be a, that would be something I would bet on that Magny. If it was only minus five thousand against me, I would be laying it in on the Magny character. I don't know who he is, but just based on what you've told me so far, he's actually fighting in the UFC event. I would take this uh, this gentleman.
2: Yeah, Magny's no joke. He is a gatekeeper, but he doesn't beat anybody. good. And this guy Malot looks like he's like the next coming of uh, GSP from Canada. So. He looks you look good. You said uh, parlay.
0: Let's go. What's the other half of the action, or if it's a multi-leg uh, type of event?
2: Yeah, no. So we got the we got the co-main event: Bueno Silva versus Pennington. This is for a championship belt. Uh, bueno Silva comes from Dana White's contender series, where a lot of the people that come from that are really good, and Bueno Silva looks awesome so far in her fight. I think you know Pennington's gotten beat up by some of the best fighters, and Bueno Silva looks like she's going to be one of the best fighters. So I'm just jumping in on the favorite on that. She's a minus-170 favorite, and uh, I think, you know, she looks just significantly better than Pennington. I'm 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 going with her. So I think right now, two favorites, pretty heavily favored. Uh, you know, so far, so good, right? But now, here's the thing that's amazing with this parlay, oh. is we have the main event, Strickland versus DuPlessis, and DuPlessis from South Africa dominated everybody in Africa has dominated everybody that he's fought in the UFC, and now he's up for his first championship belt. He should have been fighting for a belt earlier in the year, but uh, ended up having an injury and had to delay that. So Plessis, huge! I cannot believe that DuPlessis is not the favorite in this fight. Strickland, who's kind of like an you know an everyday guy, uh, had a huge upset to win the belt. Now Plessis comes in. I think you know number one number one contender looks awesome and I just think like this is an easy fight to pick I'm taking DuPlessis you know with lots of power in his hands unbelievable submissions he looks like fantastic and I think Strickland is a guy who you know got lucky once and won't get lucky again
0: it's interesting that you give those picks because McBFQ are one of our top ranked callers without a doubt probably the number one caller to the show Pistol, not to insult you, but uh, he's, right, he, he, he's right there with you on these picks. He picked this DuPlessis guy who I want to call um, DuPlessis, and uh, <laughs> he, he showed me the correct pronunciation, but I still can't get it right. Um, this, this Sean Strickland guy, I think it's more so with McBFQ, he wants to see Strickland lose. Like, I, it almost seemed like it was an emotional thing for him. He didn't talk too much about the, the form and his technique and stuff like that. I just think he wants to root against Strickland and see him get beat up. How do you feel about the Strickland guy?
2: Strickland is a fun guy to root for because he's kind of like the underdog, right? He, he goes, he goes into every fight, uh, you know, kind of acting like the underdog. Uh, and oftentimes he is when he's fighting really good fighters, but he has come through big time in some big fights. So I, you know, I think, I think uh, I like to root for him typically, but in this fight, I just think DuPlessis is like the next coming of a, a really great fighter. And it, you know, I can't pick against him. Right. So, uh, and Duplessis looks like, you know, a, a, a good like, stand-up guy. You know, Strickland is, is like, uh, he calls himself white trash, right, and acts like white trash sometimes. So uh, it makes for uh, great talk before the fight. And so Mr. BFQ, I, I want to <laughs> talk to him about the number one contender spot on the sports machine. I got to get myself up to his level.
0: Well, how do you do that? I mean, I know one way you could do it, and I would say we should do something with social media on this, is who gave a better, who gave a better, let's say, UFC breakdown? Was it McBFQ, my cousin Bob from Quincy, or is it the pistol? I might try and put a social media post out there and see who people like more, because if whoever wins the vote there we could move up in the rankings, certainly, but... The two of you gave pretty decent background. I will say he talked about like Hoist Gracie versus Dan Severn. He gave us some real deep uh history into UFC in the beginnings there. What can you bring from a historical standpoint, Pistol? Oh,
2: I mean, he's going way too far back. I think that has no impact on tonight on you know these fights coming up. But uh, you know, that was that was one of the greatest fights of all time, right? A, a legendary fight. It also had no time limit, so they just basically fought to the death and So it's like fight till you give up. And there's nothing more fun than watching something like that.
0: Well, that's where I started because I don't know much about UFC, so I kind of introed. That's how I, what I remember from my introduction to <laughs> UFC or whatever it was called back then was that Severn guy just be, laying on top of him and holding him down and crushing him. for like It was literally like 15 minutes at least, and the Hoist Gracie just weaseled his way out sometime and then, and then smashed the big dude.
2: It was just amazing. Hoist Gracie got pounded in the face for 20 minutes straight,
0: and he didn't give up. <laughs> Look at how do you beat a guy like that? Right. That's unbelievable. Yeah, that was the beginning. I mean, obviously that's what everybody kind of fell in love with that, into this sport. It seems like that was kind of the gateway match because he's been following it even before that, but ever since I can tell hardcore, how long have you been following this UFC stuff for?
2: Oh, the same thing like those I had to I had to watch those fights on rented VHS. That's how I watched UFC 1, 2, 3, those really early ones. It wasn't until Dana White came along and they really started pushing, uh, you know, uh, pushing and advertising. And now what's amazing is I really believe they've surpassed boxing, right? Which seemed like impossible back in the day. But they've gotten to the point where it's more popular than boxing. And they, they, what the reason is that they set up great fights, right? They have the best fighters in the world. And they set up number one against number two constantly. So you always have great fights to go see. In boxing, it's so hard for them to get the good fighters to fight each other.
0: And you just been let down with boxing, I think. Pistol, they had built up like different fights through the years, like, oh, this is gonna be huge, and then it was just kind of a letdown. Like even when Conor McGregor transitioned into boxing, there, you know, it just was like they put all this marketing stuff, and it's like, you know, that wasn't a great fight. I don't, so people now they know at least when you watch UFC, there's so many uh, matches on Saturday, yeah, then, you're gonna get the, good and the, best, and the
2: best thing about the UFC is every once in a while you get that big upset, right? Like last. Last time Strickland fought to fight for the belt, he went in as a minus 650 dog. Like, that is a big underdog, right? And it, and he ended up, so, so like, he was plus he was plus 700 or something like that, right? And he ends up pulling off the victory, right? It's, what a payoff for any better that decided to bet on him.
0: Well, like the pistol said, don't be betting on Mr. Strickland this weekend. The parlay, if I have it correct. Malat Buena Silva, and Duplessis. That's the three-legged parlay. Register Register for your free money today. Register. It's guaranteed out there. Thank you very much, Pistol. This is the Sports Machine with Slim. When we come back, we'll talk a little Celtics. WKXL Radio. It's 1450 AM, 103.9 FM. Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. NHtalkradio.com. machine was slim is back. We're going to start off with a little message. I've only been in the radio business for two months, people. I will share something with you. What I'm about to do is called a live read. That's what I've been able to find out. This is a live read from an advertisement standpoint. Um, Just so people know, especially in the eastern part of the state here of New Hampshire, great state of New Hampshire, McGovern Subaru is partnering with Operation Warm to offer free winter coats to kids in need so anyone out there if you um, know a child who's in need of a winter coat you can contact Operation Blessing which sounds like a great name it's 603-430-8561 that's 603-430-8561 to be added to the list of the kids who will be receiving a uh, winter coat. This is tomorrow, January 19th. So that's why I wanted to just put it out there. Um, they'll be at, uh, handing them out at the dealership, the McGovern Subaru dealership in Newington, New Hampshire, between the hours of 5 o'clock and 7 o'clock tomorrow night. So that just sounds like a worthy cause and a good thing that I wanted to mention on the air there via a live read. There you go. I'm informing you people, giving you some uh, definitions and terms and knowledge. The knowledge I'll bring to the table right now in this segment as we wrap up the show here over the last 10 minutes or so, we'll touch on some Celtics talk and a little bit of Bruins talk because the Bruins play the Colorado Avalanche tonight. The same Colorado Avalanche that defeated our beloved Bruins. Was it five games ago back on January 8th? They beat us in a shootout. They're in their their home stadium. Four to three, they beat us in the shootout. Colorado's won four out of five games. Their record 29, 13 and three. The Bruins are 26, eight and nine. Both teams, I think have 61 points. They're right near the top of the standings, both teams in the east and the West. So we got a good matchup tonight. Bruins are playing well. that last win on the road there at St. Louis. In overtime, I thought that was a real big one for us, Kickstarted things. And then we come back home against New Jersey there, right? And we went 3 to nothing. So Swayman's the man, everybody. Swayman's the man. And so this stretch of the NHL season for the Bruins, like this is going to tell us what we're going to do in the playoffs. I'm a big believer of it. With Elmark being hurt for a while, I don't know how long he's going to be out, actually. I probably should have looked at that before I uh, jumped back on the air. But I was so you know, overtaken by UFC discussion today. But Jeremy Swayman has his chance. This is the young dude, 25 years old, who hasn't had his chance. It's like the goalie. Yeah, when we got to the playoffs the first time with him, Tuka Rask was in net. Even the next year, Tuka Rask was in net. Then last year, Linus Linus Elmark was mostly in net. Then Swayman got his chance as the series went on against Florida last year in the playoffs. But, you know, it was Elmark's deal. He was the Vesna Trophy winner last year. So they wanted to give Omar the, the opportunity to kind of get in, get hot, and stay hot and roll us to a Stanley Cup. That didn't happen. We bought out in the first round last year after setting the record for most points all time by an NHL team during the regular season. So people thought the Bruins were, like, going to win it all last year. No, no, no. Hockey ain't like that. Hockey's about chemistry, camaraderie, and the talent, obviously. Toughness and talent. I guess those would be the four things. I probably had to write that down. Chemistry, camaraderie. Toughness and talent. I think the Bruins got the toughness. I really do. I think we got the talent on a lot of levels. The camaraderie camaraderie we have with Omark and Swayman. You watch the two dudes. I talked about it yesterday. There's love for each other there. Like these guys consider each other brothers almost. When Swayman goes over Omar's house, the kids call him Uncle Sway. You keep that. Because now you got two things. You got chemistry, you got camaraderie. I think we got the toughness, although we could probably use a little extra toughness. Guess what? You can pick that up around the trade deadline. The talent, we got it in certain areas. I do think we're lacking. We've talked about the statistics here with giving up too many shots on goal. But guess what I saw yesterday? Yesterday, I saw this on Twitter from the guys that put out the Spit and Chicklets podcast. They're saying that Patrice Bergeron is out there skating. They didn't say he's definitely coming back, but they're starting to hear whispers That that might be a possibility. And on my end, I was like, whoa, wait a second. Like, that's exactly what we need. We need a defensive-minded forward who can stop, like, the fast break is how I would call it in, in the NBA. Stop that first outlet pass. Stop the second outlet pass. Patrice, imagine if he came back for the Bruins. Boy, that would just bump up the chemistry, bump up the camaraderie. Everybody likes the dude. It would bump up the talent level because, first of all, he wouldn't be an old guy after battling through an entire season. This is what, you know, you want to have a guy do is take the first half off, dude. He was able to start playing last year and was a core member of a team that had the best regular season record of all time. It's only one year later. Why wouldn't he be able to, like, jump in with a couple months to go in the season, play some games, and be operating actually at, like, full operational capacity? He should be able to do that. Like, this would be a dream come true. I don't know from a money standpoint how it would all work. And I'm not just here to be like a rumor mongerer, (laughs) if that's the right word. But I certainly, I'd like to breathe some life into this rumor. Patrice Bergeron, if you are listening to the Sports Machine with Slim right now, if you have any party that wants to be coming back, please come back. This team is, I think there's a lot there, man. And if you come back, I think you fill a hole. And we got the ability to go out and plug the other holes. We can find some aggressive big dudes, you know, to replace Lucic. Unfortunately, what will happen with him, terrible thing. He's not on the team anymore. I mean, there was a reason why we brought him in. Toughness. Talent and toughness. He has some talent, but it was more the toughness. So I think losing him, whatever it was a month and a half ago, we kind of need to replace that. We can do that. There's guys out there that will be available via the trade market. So, let's go Bruins. I'm I'm starting to lean more towards the Bruins than the Celtics. But, you know, it's that that, that game last week the Celtics against the Bucks just showing up and losing by 30 something. It could have been 100. It was just it, it's just souring a little bit. To be like, you guys aren't even going to compete against this team? Well, last night, you know what happened to the Milwaukee Bucks last night? You people out there listening? Bucks lost by 40. 135 to 95 to Cleveland. No Giannis. Bucks didn't. Giannis didn't play for the Bucs. But still, they lost by 40. Meanwhile, the Celtics win 117 to 98. I told you yesterday, Celtics gonna roll over that team, San Antonio. They stink. When Yama had 27 points, I still I look at him. I just think a strong breeze can blow that guy over. He just too too thin. He he just looks like he runs tired. I mean, maybe maybe I'm off on that. We'll see where he goes. Everybody in the NBA seems to think he's going to be incredible. I'm not here for it. I mean, I'm here more to say, uh, you know, Greg Popovich, if Belichick's getting fired, I think Popovich ought to be, like, next in line. What's he done? He won with some great players. Tim Duncan. Yeah, Kawhi Leonard. And guess what happened? Kawhi Leonard, like, wanted to leave and get away from him. Then he traded us Derek White. <laughs> Thank you. Thank for that pilferage. Celtics are not looking to trade back anytime soon. We're moving forward. Speaking of back, yeah, that Cata guy, I love the big man. Kada. did you watch last night? That steal and then boom, dunk. He's a player. He needs to be playing over Luke Cornett. I'll tell you that right now. Cata's back from Maine. If you don't know who he is, number 88, big dude. I like this guy. He better keep playing. Though Toronto Raptors, as we end towards the uh, finish up here for the day, the Toronto Raptors, did we see they made a trade to Indiana? The best offensive team in the league, percentage-wise and statistically, Indiana Pacers. They just got Pascal Siakam, who I think leads the league in fast-break points. And the Indiana Pacers as a team, the team leads the league in fast-break points. So that's a weapon that's synergy, right? He fits over there. Where are they kind of lacking in Indiana? A little bit of defense. I mean, they play hard. They play hard, but they could use a defensive player. Pascal Siakam, that's a good environment for him to be walking into over there. I'm not saying that Indiana is going to beat the Celtics in the playoffs. I don't think anybody's beating the Celtics. But Indiana, they are getting closer to being a threat. I'm going to tell you right now, when Tyrese Halliburton, he can get off a shot. It doesn't matter who's guarding them. He already proved that. He, he, he beat us when Drew Holiday and Derek White, two of the best defensive guards in the NBA, both were trying to stop him and they couldn't get it done. He can get his shot off. And if he's that hot, look out. So I looked at the standings yesterday. It's like, well, who do Celtics want to play? You got the Celtics are going to be the f- number one seed in the East. Hopefully, second and third is uh, Philadelphia and Milwaukee, right? I'd love to see those two teams have to match up and knock one or the other off. Well, then who's four and five? I said, oh, Cleveland. Yeah, I would love to play Cleveland again. They, That's a team. That's an easy W. Cleveland last year got destroyed by the Knicks in the playoffs. Well, Cleveland and Miami Heat. And as I said the other day, if the Celtics are going to do what they need to do, going all the way, we're probably going to have to battle the Heat at some point. So that would make sense in the 4-5 spot. I wonder what happens. Does Indiana end up playing the Heat in the 4-5 matchup? Because right now, Cleveland is like a game ahead of both those two teams. It's not that soon, too soon to start looking at this stuff. We're halfway through the NBA season, people. Celtics have the best record by two and a half games. We play Denver. Big matchup against Denver tomorrow night. Tonight, though, we look forward to the Bruins in Colorado. And we look forward to the Sports Machine with Slim coming back tomorrow to preview the NFL action. Love the NFL playoff time of year, baby. You're listening to WKXL Radio. 1450 AM, 106.3, 103.9, I'm sorry, what am I thinking of that number? 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. NH Talk Radio, New Hampshire Talk Radio, dog problem. We love you. Have a good rest of the day.